Is Argyle a bad spy movie or a bad rom-com? We answer that question and more this week on Only Stupid Answers. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. This is the show where we answer your questions about movies, TV shows, comic books, Argyles. Oh, my goodness. I'm your host, DJ Wooldridge. With me, as always, is Roxy Stryer. Hi, Roxy. Hi, DJ. What's Argyle mean? Isn't Argyle, like, outside of the context of this movie, isn't Argyle, like, a, a fabric texture? Mm, Am I wrong? Hold on. I'm going to have to look it up. I've heard it before. I just, all of a sudden, as you said it, I was like, we talk about Argyles, and then I was like, I don't even know what an Argyle is. Argyle. Oh, no. Hold on. And, of course, like, the movie spelled it. It's not, his name is not spelled it. Yeah, I know. The and now there's it. like there's like apps. Argyle's a pattern. It is like plaid. Good job. Okay, oh, I guess cool. that makes sense because all over the books is this like it's it's like a diamond pattern. And yeah, so like that yeah, pattern, yeah. that pattern that's all over the books in the movie and stuff like that, that, that is an Argyle pattern. Wow. Argyle's kind of pretentious and thinks it's fancy then. It's like it's too cool to be plaid. Dude. And like, we're gonna put ourselves on its side. Is there any merit Roxy? There's certain things I, I want to say about this movie. You think it's a metaphor for the movie that no. Argyle's kind of yeah, 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 yeah. No, but I, I want that. I think, I think, and we'll save this for the end of the episode. I think I need to spoil Argyle because it Can takes a big, I, because it ta- in this way it takes a big swing at the end that seems to assume that we love the movie that everybody's going to immediately fall in love you with this movie. Credits and like literally, yeah, the very end of the you movie, the post credit. Oh yeah, I guess it is just the post credits. Yeah. Yeah. The the, um, the post credits yeah. the post credits is it's one of those ones where like wow you really didn't read the room man you had you really thought you had it with this one <laughs> I will be really excited for you to spoil that part because I also did not understand it because I'm missing context so uh, do, uh, actually I, I think um, so uh, I was on um, the big thing with, uh, with Christian and Roxy this week and you talked about it a little bit I actually don't think you are Roxy I just oh, think okay. the post credit doesn't make sense um, okay. okay. So I don't think that's a you thing. Um, if you guys want to watch shows like this live, our show, Only Stupid Answers Live, you can do that at patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers. We're joined right now by M. Yip, 1978, and Leonard Kim, and others. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you can also check out Patreon-exclusive shows like uh, What We're Into and Spider-Versity, which I do with Sal. Um, also, if you're a patron... Uh, you get some extra bonus goodies by going to gunplaymovie.com and backing the movie Roxy and I are making. And it's not just Roxy and I. It's a bunch of people that if you listen to this show, I'm sure you're fans of Steve Zaragoza, Whitney Moore, and Brie Esrig. They were also generous uh, to want to make a movie with me. And so if you are into those people or if you're into crime thrillers, stuff like... Um, uh, Good Time, um, uh, stuff like Pulp Fiction, stuff like Big Lebowski. Uh, if you're into indie films... Uh, if you watch this live, Rox and I were talking about making indie movies before we went on air um, and the challenges that you face in that. And the biggest one always is money. And so this movie that we're making cannot be made without you. We don't have like a studio backing. Um, we did sh- shoot some test footage, which you can see if you watch the Kickstarter video, but we haven't filmed the movie. This will not exist without fan support. Uh, you need, I was on a show with Whitney talking about it and she was talking about how you need a community 
working together to make movies like this. And that is very much the case too. If you want to be part of that community with us, um, it's also worth noting. I've had some people be like, Oh, I'd love to, but I'm broke right now or whatever. Uh, one only give to your means, but also you're not going to get charged till the end of the campaign. So sooner the better. And then if you're going to have that money in the next 30 days, I would say back now and don't wait till you forget. Cause you might forget. But right now it's on your mind. You're listening to this and you're like, oh, I should really, if you're like, oh, I should really go to gunplaymovie.com and back this because I can be, you can be in the movie. You can be a producer on the movie. You can get a poster signed by the cast and crew. There's a bunch of cool stuff and you don't want to miss out on any of that stuff. Go to gunplaymovie.com. I forget things all the time. I think I'm going to do it later in the month. I don't end up doing it later in the month. Yep. We've all been there before. Uh, DJ, I watched your stream with them. I thought it was excellent. Thank you. Thank you. It we was had a lot really of fun. cool to see the, the chemistry come back to life. Um, people really like you. Oh, thank you. I don't know why, but I appreciate it. Oh, I need to no, change this thing. It says why. pre-launch. The little banner at the bottom says pre-launch. We're not pre-launch. We're launched, baby. Get over there. Here we go. This yeah. one's better. <laughs> we are just launched. Yeah. There's no word for the middle one. Like There's pre and post, but what is now? Now launched. Still, still launched. We're still doing yeah. it. We're still Forgot doing it. Forgot about Dre. Mm-hmm. Forgot about launch. Yeah. Still, we're still launched. We're still launched. Go over there. Please support it. We can't do it without you. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell anybody who will listen. Um, really believe. Tell more people than you're telling right now. You're telling some people right now, and I need you to tell more people. Tell right more people because I think you all, I really do believe in this project. I think you all will be into it. Uh, the feedback we've gotten so far is really positive. Um, and also, but yeah, again, if you're a patron, you're, there's going to be a special sticker that you only get if you're a patron by backing this campaign. Um, and there will be, um, I thought I announced this, but my plan is to also do a Patreon exclusive production podcast, like a little episode once a month with, uh, people like maybe Roxy, like maybe Ken or director yeah. of photography that kind of update people on the process that gives you a little peek behind the scenes, but that's for patrons. So if you're a patron and if you're not a patron, Please go gunplaymovie.com. Point is, go contribute. That's what I'm trying to get to. That's super cool. I would do that podcast with you. If we don't um, do this, then we can't make the movie. People, yeah. I need people to know that. Yes. <laughs> I think people always think when you're crowdfunding something, it's like, uh, I hope this like crowd money comes through. Otherwise, we'll just figure it out. And it's like, no, no, you have you. It has to, or you or you can't make it. It does not exist. So if yeah. you look at the material and you're like, oh, this is something I'd want to watch. You have to help us make it. Like Roxy yeah. is one hundred percent right. This movie does not exist without you. There's nobody because I know with a lot of these movies campaign, it's like, well, we've already Amazon's already financing it, but we just like a little extra. That's not the case here. We, this is it's this is it. Um, there's no there's no uh, shining knight gonna come in and rescue our little movie if you guys don't back it. So, uh, but if you back do it. back it, maybe a shining knight comes in and matches or something. We don't know. You don't like, that. You don't know. That gives us. Yeah. You back it, that gives us some some flexibility yeah. that we don't otherwise yeah, have. So there you go, gunplaymovie.com. Will we mention it before the end? Yes, we will. Um, also, Thank if God. you listen on iTunes, give us a five-star review. If you listen on Spotify every week, we have a Q&A or a poll. Last week's poll was, should the MCU get a reboot? Here are the options, Roxy. Yes, no, yes, but a soft reboot. What do you think won? Don't look. No one. I sent you the doc. Don't send you the look. I think no one. No one won? No, I think no one. No, no, no one. Yes. Well, it depends on how you look at it. 
No, no did win of uh, with 38 or uh, you round up with 39% of the vote. However, if you combine yes or ye- and yes, but a soft reboot, those got the other two thirds. So technically, yes, won. Hector was texting me after the show oh, last week. Oh, no! I cannot believe that the show was one week, was seven days ago. Yeah. Does that, for some reason, this week went faster than all other weeks. Do you not feel like we shot with Hector like yesterday? I Different. Uh, time okay. dilation. It felt like a year ago. Like, it just, I've been, this week, I've been so slammed this week. It's like, wait, that was last week? Oh, I thought that was a month. I wasn't able to, yeah, I think I was slammed in the opposite way. I yeah. was not able to accomplish everything I need to accomplish this week because the time just kept going and I couldn't stop watching Love on the Spectrum. That's yeah. a me problem. We'll talk about that later. But I was texting with Hector and he was like, um, he like apologized at one point. He was like, I hope I didn't come on. And I was like, no, I love, like, this is our jam. Mm-hmm. So we all have opinions on it yeah. and what we want them to do. And I don't, I'm not sitting here saying that his is, that the people who voted in that poll that said, no, they shouldn't reboot it. I'm not like, that's wrong. You yeah. guys are wrong. That's not my opinion. Yeah. I agree that that's your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like, that's the wrong opinion. That's a different opinion. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's interesting to talk about because also they don't give a sh- crap what we think. Mm-hmm. And it's just a thought experiment. Absolutely. And, um, and, and it's the comments, very active comments on, uh, uh, on the episode. Thank you all for, you know, uh, engaging with us. Um, that are all over the map on people's opinions. I will say the one part I didn't get to articulate in the episode is I think there's merit in, um, and I think this falls on the soft reboot character. Uh, uh, and I think I've mentioned this on shows before. We're kind of a rolling, because I think Hector's big hang-up, having edited the episode and put it up and everything and spent a little more time with it, I think his big hang-up is like he doesn't want to lose what came before, which I get. But I also think there's a way to, just like for the longest time before the Daniel Craig bond, we'd always get new bonds. But the idea was the previous bonds exist. You know what I mean? Like it's a rolling timeline and it's they all kind of connect. And a similar thing where like maybe you can recast a Steve Rogers without ca- recasting whoever your Tony Stark is. And you just acknowledge that more, it's basically what I think they should have done with Amazing Spider-Man. Instead of saying, hey, Andrew Garfield, brand new, start fresh. I would have been like, hey, Andrew Garfield, and it's me, you can pretend it's in the same continuity as the Toby one. We just cast a new guy. You know what I mean? We're just kind of moving forward. They did the same thing with the Tim Burton Batman movies. Like, hey, Val Kilmer's Batman now. But, you know, we'll do callbacks to Catwoman and Penguin and stuff like that. I think there, maybe there's a little middle road there. I haven't seen the Bond movies, so it's hard for me to understand fully. What do they They all acknowledge it's the same person? It's it's more or less like it, it, continuity doesn't matter as much. So uh, we might go from Daniel K- Craig to Roger Moore. But just because Roger Moore's Bond now doesn't mean that everything in the Sean Connery era didn't happen. You know what I mean? You're just kind of moving forward, you know, and sometimes like there'll be villains like uh, like um, uh, Blofeld that will, you know, Blofeld fought Sean Connery, but he's also going to fight Roger Moore. I actually don't know if that's true, but you guys get what I'm saying. Um, and so the idea until like we got to the Daniel Craig era and Daniel Craig was like a restart, like none of those we're pretending no other Bond movies happened until that time in the early 2000s. It was this idea that you know, more or less the events in the other movies happened Pierce Brosnan's Bond went through similar experiences to Sean Connery's Bond. Is the, is we're not going to spend a lot of time thinking about it because technically that means this guy's been operating for like forty plus years. But you get the idea. 
And so I think that maybe uh, doing something like that with these characters, which doesn't negate what came before, but does allow you to like keep moving forward um, without like saying 10 years from now, we're on like our fifth person that's Captain America. Like we went from uh, Steve Rogers to Sam Wilson to Cap 3 to Cap 4 to Cap, you know what I mean? Like maybe this- Wouldn't it be exactly that? You would just be going bouncing around Cap? But it would still be Steve Rogers. Let's say we brought back Steve Rogers or Sam Wilson. It would still be the same character, just different actors. I think they should do a hard reboot. (laughs) Roxy, Let me tell you why, DJ. Oh, yeah, let's go into it. All right, forget Argyle. I wish I could. Um, sorry, spoilers. Uh, let's do before we get into Argyle. I know you all. Spoilers to say you wish you could forget. I wish I could forget. Spoilers to my opinions on Argyle. I wish I could forget it. Um, this episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're going to go into some news. Speaking of reboots, transition. We got a new Supergirl. Millie Alcock cast as Supergirl. So every time, it's so childish to me, but every time I read that name, I'm like, I bet she had a hard time in grade school with that last I know, name. I know, I think the same thing. I can't help it because you, she, calling she is cocking her name. Yeah. And that, that's difficult for she's, a kid. Yeah, she's an Australian <laughs> act, act, actress. Maybe Australian kids are better about it. I, my, the impression I get is they would not be, but, you know, who yeah. knows? <laughs> Here's what's really lucky about it. Um, she's a megastar who's about to be an even bigger megastar. Jokes on all those kids. Yes, true. You know, she gets the last laugh and the last cock so here's what here's what we got from variety uh that project referring to the new supergirl movie that's supposed to be coming out eventually does not have a director and enya sorry sorry anna i'm gonna mispronounce your last name but it's not for lack of trying naguera uh who apparently worked on the vampire diaries was just hired to write the screenplay in november Gunn, who confirmed Alcock's casting in Instagram, has not stated when Alcock, goddamn, will make her superhero debut. Call her Millie. Well, Millie, uh, but the fact uh, that the news that Millie landed the role broke months before Gunn will begin shooting Superman Legacy suggests that Supergirl may first show up alongside her Kryptonian cousin. 
before setting off on her own story. So two things here, Roxy. How do you feel about this casting, one? And two, do you think we'll see her in Superman Legacy before Supergirl? You know, we were just talking a little bit about the Marvel, should they hard reboot, should they not? And I understand that people for DC really liked Sasha Kaye and wanted to see what she could do and didn't feel like we really got to see what she could do fully. Yeah. That is true. Mm -hmm. But as you know, DJ, from our previous conversation, I'm a fan of the hard reboot. When things are not going according to plan, throw it out, Mm -hmm. hard reboot. Yeah. DC doesn't have the same issues that Marvel does. It has completely different issues. Yeah. DC's issue is failure to launch, mm-hmm. which is not Marvel's issue. It has been failing to launch for over a decade now. <laughs> right. It's failure to launch. And I'm not saying that there's not properties that I absolutely love. There are properties I absolutely love. Yeah. But in general, I think it would be crazy for me to sit here and say, I'm not excited about this because I want to see Sasha Kaye's Supergirl. Even though I did want to see more of her Supergirl, I voted hard reboot. Yeah. This is hard reboot. So it's like the two questions are, you know, the the two things I'm seeing on the internet are whether people think that we should have stuck with Sasha is part A. And if they think that we shouldn't, whether they think Millie is a good casting choice is part B. Yeah. It is a a very standard casting choice to me. Mm -hmm. I think that Millie Alcock is from what we've seen her of her. She's very good. She fits this role. She kind of reminds me of Melissa Benoist. Mm-hmm. She is very that version of Supergirl. And uh, if you watch the entire Supergirl or show or Supergirl on all the other CW shows, maybe you were looking forward to more of a Sasha Kaye type Supergirl. Yeah. And I understand that too. So I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. I like this choice for what they're going for. Is this breaking the mold? Is this shocking? Um, no, there's also a lot of people who are like, well, they already cast Superman. So of course they need Supergirl to look like Superman. I just constantly remind everybody aliens and shit. Yeah. Also you cousins, need- you know, who cousins. Know, you don't know, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't look like my cousins at all. Mm-hmm. Like I don't look anything like some of my cousins. Yeah. So, but they do look, they look similar-ish. So that's kind of what they were going for here. If, and- if by similar, you mean both white, then yes. <laughs> That is what I mean, but also just like uh, she's a little bit younger, but they're in that normal age range for uh, her and him. Like they've got the familial vibes going on. Yeah. And yeah, I think this casting's good enough for me to be excited. Uh, Yeah, I I agree. I think she's a great actress. I think it's it's crazy that... um, That Game of Thrones boost, baby. Like being in Game of Thrones, you know, uh, it doesn't hurt. It certainly doesn't hurt uh, your career. Um, and you go from Game of Thrones to Star Wars, Marvel, or DC. Yeah, that yeah. is the trajectory. Yeah. That's where you go. And people, and I, I when I, I, I made a joke about that on people uh, on Twitter, uh, on Twitter, and people on Twitter were like, yeah, but it didn't work out for them. It's like, I don't, maybe look at, if we could look at their bank account, I think they'd disagree that it didn't work out for them. <laughs> um, people think that it didn't work out for Amelia Clark. Uh, well, because she uh, Secret Invasion was not well received. Pretty much anything post Game of Thrones has not really been well received from her. Uh, and sim- that's true of Kit Harrington. That's true of a bunch of them. But again, there's, that's what they mean by didn't work out. And like with public perception, the projects aren't well received, and that's true. Yeah, but but they're booking. Yeah, they're booking like crazy. They're not not booking. Yeah. So you know, uh, but 
Yeah, I think it's. I do think it's kind of. I think a lot of the casting in this has been very safe, and that is something I'll give the previous iteration of the DC universes that they they thought outside of the box with a lot of their casting choices, which I thought was interesting. And so there is a little bit of a bummer in that uh, with the casting um, in this new version, it, it seems very safe. Can you uh, comment what you mean by that, DJ? Uh, very white. No, no, no. When you're but talking about. In the previous versions, did they think outside the box that much? Like uh, Jason Momoa casting Arthur, your Arthur Curry is not a white actor. Um, Ezra Miller, uh, you know, non-binary um, um, Jewish kid. Obviously, there's Ezra Miller issues, but just when they were cast. Yeah, yeah, um, I get what you're saying. Huh. Um, Sasha Kaye, Hispanic actor or Latina actress to play Supergirl. Um, you know, more more willingness to be just because a character was white in the comic doesn't necessarily mean we're gonna. Uh, do that here whereas this is been... that as comparison to le- legit these two characters uh, i guess just in general superman legacy we've because it's because we've actually gotten you metamorpho and guy gardner and we've actually gotten a, a, a surprising chunk of the of dc characters cast in the superman movie mm-hmm. and it's all been you know lois lane whatever it's all been pretty safe um which is fine uh, but when it comes specifically to Supergirl, when we had a non-white actress and now we're going to a white actress, it, it you I feel that pang a little bit about like you know uh, not that there won't be opportunities. We're getting movies like Authority and stuff like that. Not to that we won't get opportunities for more inclusive casting. It's just you feel it more directly, and for I feel it more directly in this casting. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I also I thought Sasha Kaye was great in The Flash. I didn't like their take on Supergirl. I did not like the flash. And so I don't exactly hate having a Supergirl that doesn't have that baggage. Okay. Or even having to explain like, is this the same one? Is it a multiverse one? No, we don't have to worry about it. It's a new one. It's new. I'm also kind of on the fence of like, why are we doing a Supergirl movie? I don't know that Supergirl has the pull. We love the show. Melissa Benoist, we love the show. I don't know that Supergirl has the pull to do a feature film. I can tell you exactly why we're doing a Supergirl. Tell me. It's twofold, threefold, fivefold. Number one, they are like, got to do woman movie, not Wonder Woman again. Yeah. Mm, Supergirl. Yeah. Like, that's genuinely. It's the only other one. (laughs) That's genuinely, DJ, what I think happened. Yeah. And then. The super part is what they are hoping is the pull. She's a suit. She's in the family. Uh, She is easy to introduce because of Superman, obviously. People understand the ties. People will understand if she's met in his movie. Cousin, they're hoping that people will care about her because of that. And I think then part C, because there was a Supergirl TV show, she is in pop culture and the zeitgeist more. People... I would say that Supergirl probably is a household name. Now, not everybody who you say Supergirl to would be able to be like, oh, that's Superman's cousin. And she was played by these two actresses previously. And this is where we've seen her before. And uh, this is why she gets to Earth later than Cal does. Like, not most people would be able to tell you anything about Supergirl like they can tell you about Superman. Yeah. But if you say Supergirl, they would be able to know, oh, that's a chick superhero. Yeah that I've heard of, you know, and same like symbol, same yeah. like for merch purposes, whatever it is. I think that this is a total, like 
they didn't want to do it with Wonder Woman to start. So they're doing it with Supergirl because they think that that is the most viable option, not because of anything to do with her stories, not to do with the fact that they're like, that's, I just think that that this is what they think is the smartest for general public. Dude, I just realized, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, um, I'm lukewarm on the Supergirl movie. I really kind of don't. I honestly, I kind of don't. I don't care. Um, um, they're basing it off a comic run that I, I don't really have a lot of familiarity with, um, and I just I don't. I don't care. Um, but but and I was trying to think of like what would excite me. What could you tell me about this that would excite me? And it's like, yeah, if you said, because, and there's a relationship with Warner Brothers, and I know she's working on Chronicles of Narnia movies right now, but I have to imagine some executive Warner Brothers like, could we get Greta to direct one of these? And it doesn't have to be Supergirl, by the way. That's, I mean, she could fucking do the Justice League movie for all I, uh, uh, for all I know. Although, personally, if I were, if I'm James Gunn, and I have a Justice League movie on the hopper, I'm calling, what was it, Kathy Ann did The Eternals? I'd be like, hey, yeah. you want to jump ship? You want to come over? You want to do a Justice League? Uh, anyway, brief correction here. It was Chloe Zhao that directed The Eternals, Kathy Ann, directed Birds of Prey, two movies that I both really enjoy from two very different but still very talented directors. And I stand by my point. I think either of them would make great directors for a future Justice League movie. But I meant to say Chloe Zhao, and I truly apologize for the mix-up. Point is, if you got, if you got Greta Gerwig... If you and I guess maybe that's the thing. If you made it fun, right? If you made the Supergirl movie fun in 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 a way similar to the way Barbie was fun, obviously tone would be different. It'd be less meta. I'd be into that. I'd be excited. That would excite me. I think it could be that. I mean, I'm actually more excited about this movie than you are. I, it's not. If I was launching our first, uh, if we were doing DC, and I was the one launching, like, okay, need woman who yeah. who be the woman. Um, this wouldn't necessarily be my selection, but I do love the character Supergirl. No. I do think that um, the TV show like lasted as long as it did because she does have a lot of stories that they can pull from and that are intriguing. And uh, I would be interested to like, and uh, who are the B characters in the Supergirl movie? Yeah. Is there anybody, DJ, other than pairing her with a great director? Are there any characters that would make you more excited about the movie? Like if they're like, this is a Supergirl and Jimmy Olsen movie? Or is there any version that you're like, You could. Oh. We've cast we've cast a really good actor for Jimmy Olsen. If that's confirmed. Wow, it's so weird. It's like, wait, was that confirmed or whatever? Yeah, I have as heard- we were talking about the casting, I started trying to look up. And I was like, oh, they cast a hot girl? I don't even remember them casting a hot girl for Superman. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um uh, I have heard, I don't think I can say this on air, but you and I talk, talk off air. I've heard uh, some whispers of a character that might show up, a uh, friend of a friend. Are you excited me. or not? Uh, we'll see. We'll okay. see. Um, um, yeah, again, this is this is based off a Tom King comic, and Tom King is a very talented writer, although he's a very much of a, a, his books are very much of a bummer a lot of the time. Like, what if Mr. Miracle, but sad? What What if, what if Adam Strange, but sad? And it's like, I don't, that in, I that interests me less. <laughs> okay, what run is this based off of? Uh, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow by Tom King. Was it Bilquis Evely? Who was the artist on that? Let's see, Supergirl, because it even shares a, a title. Um, yeah, Bilquis Evely. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that right. Incredibly talented artist. I'm sure it's a great run. Uh, Tom King's a good writer. It's just it's uh, I don't associate his work typically with fun. Um, I. I'm going to read this. 
check it out. I, I can guarantee you the art will be beautiful. Um, and I'll say this too. I think I uh, there have been. More about that. Uh, I huh? I usually care more about that. Honestly, I love. The, I love art. As somebody I mean, that's that's worked on comics, the the rule of thumb is people will buy a comic with bad writing but good art more often than they'll bad buy a comic with good writing but bad art. Yeah. And so yeah. Um, uh, one of the reasons uh, I never made money on my comic book campaigns is I had to make sure make sure I pay my artist because that's that's where people are showing up for. Um, so uh, I will, but also say this: there have been rumors that. And you, I don't know how much traction there is to this and how much of it is like, we need, I, we, it needs to be this. Brainiac will be the villain, the main villain of, of um, the Superman legacy. And if that is the case, they're the most prominent modern Brainiac story, which was written by Jeff Johns with art by Gary Frank, I believe, um, prominently featured Supergirl and also featured, because it, it was a kind of a reintroduction. I want to say it was a reintroduction of stuff like Candor and stuff like that. And so it wouldn't surprise me if Brainiac is the villain and and that that's how we're getting to introducing Supergirl. Like either she was picked up by Brainiac or she was in Candor, uh, 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 trapped in Candor by Brainiac. And that's how basically the, the introduction of Brainiac will be a catalyst introdu- introducing Supergirl and will lead to this movie. It wouldn't surprise me. I, I'm f- totally good with that. Yeah. The way you said it made it sound like you're pre frustrated. No, I no, think- no. I think that'd be I think that'd be good. And 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 as a fan, I was like, we need it's been 30 years since the first 40, 50 years since the first Superman movie. And we haven't done one brainiac yet. Come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's wild. Yeah. He's like the other one. It's like Lex Luthor, yeah. Brainy, like he's the, you talk about household names like Superman. I think Superman has a great rogues gallery, but not, it's not as well known as Batman's. Yeah. But there's like two that the casuals know about. It's Lex no, Luthor DJ. and you get Zod because he was in a movie. Yeah, but DJ, no, no, that's not true. Lex Luthor and Brainiac are not on the same level to the casuals. Most of the casuals don't know who Brainiac is, not at all. No reference. They, and they do know who obviously Lex Luthor is. Yeah. It's, I'm not saying they're close. I'm just saying that of the rogues that people might know about, like Brainiac, I mean, because you could throw, like, are they going to know Mr. Mixit Spitalik over Brainiac? You know what I mean? I would so mess with that. Mm-hmm. Let's go. I'm, that's what I want. Like, it's fine. Okay, James Gunn, you got what one presumes is a little bit of runway. Do it, man. There's stuff. I want to see Brainiac. I want to see Parasite. I want to see Ultron. I want to see Mr. Mixus Spitalik. I want to see that shit. Come on, man. Did I say Ultron Metallo? That's what I meant to say. Ultron's Ultron would be a wild turn. That would be wild. Like, wait a second. What kind of horse trading went on there? Fortean slip, everybody. <laughs> anyway... Um, imagine if they get one character and they're like we want ultron what why <laughs> leonard kim i only know brainiac from the harley quinn show no you don't you're lying <laughs> you're lying no no seriously DJ. if you've watched one episode of supergirl you know who brainiac is brainiac is in the animated series come on come on but they, then let's make him a household name come on bring him in you're too far, you're too far in dj <sighs> not for brainiac anyway yeah, but, I mean, thanos not one person I knew who was a casual. Nobody knew who. So it's not here's, like it can't be done. Yeah, but it, no, totally. But, it, but here's the difference. Here's what I'll say. Like the it, a touchstone for any Superman fan of our generation. One of them, 
um, would be Superman the Animated Series. Brainiac was a huge factor in that. The reason everybody wants John Stewart as Green Lantern is because the whole generation grew up with him on the Animated Series. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, the, yeah. the point is there are touchstones. I totally get what you're, you're not wrong that like Lex Luthor has a much more bigger cultural cachet. And that's kind of my point is other than Lex Luthor, most of Superman's villains don't. But like, if you were to know one, it probably would be Brainiac. And it's like, we should get him on the big screen. Or, or if, even if you don't, even if that's not true, if you, the next one you should introduce should be Brainiac. <laughs> Which of Batman's villains do you think are household names? Joker. And who do you think is the second biggest, second biggest after Joker? Like, do you not Cat think Orn. Penguin is a household name? Do I think you- Joker and Catwoman are the two big ones. Okay. Do you, do you think that? Do you think that um, Mr. Freeze, Penguin, do you think those are household names? Um, I think um, if I think if you showed up on the 1966 Adam West show, there's a good chance you're a household name, just not because of that specifically, but that means you've probably been consistently showing up on t- people's TVs through the 66 show, through Batman the Animated Series, through the multiple animated series past that. So if you're Joker, Penguin, Catwoman, Riddler... I would say those are the big four. You've been showing up in some form of media pretty consistently for over 60 years now. Um, So those ones, Mr. Freeze, I think for fans is a pretty well-known, like I think if I told, I I mean, you were in the Schumacher, you're in one of the most notoriously bad superhero movies ever. So people probably know who Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy are, but I I think the big ones are Joker, Penguin, um, Riddler, Catwoman, but I think Joker think and Catwoman are uh, uh, head heads just way above everybody else. Do you think Poison Ivy is more famous than Harley Quinn? No, oh, good point, Harley Quinn, obviously, and now now uh, Harley Quinn would be up there as well too. Hmm. Well, it, it is wild when you think about it. I've never actually thought about the fact that Batman has so many more household names than Superman does. He's just been consistently adapted. And there's like, because you think about of the ones I mentioned, the one I feel like I'd get pushback on is like Riddler. But if you think about it, the 66 show, Batman animated series, the Jim Carrey adaptation, the most recent, the Batman, like people know who Riddler is. Right. You know? Um, And, and I think Superman has rogues that are as interesting as that, but there's, they'd have nowhere near the cultural cachet. And I think part of that is even though Superman has been in media since he was introduced in the thirties, if you're talking about like the George Reeve TV show, if you're talking about the Christopher Reeves movie, it's harder, you know, Batman's rogues are guys with colorful costumes and a special kind of gas. Usually Brainiac, how do you adapt? And with a 1970s budget, uh, I guess around Star Wars time you could, but Brainiac's more expensive to adapt. Mr. Mix and Spitalik's more expensive to adapt. These are you can't just like throw a guy in a costume and you're good to go. Whereas Batman's villains, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'd like to just see. Curious. Yeah, and I'd like to see. I hope that um, you know we're getting two essentially two separate Batman movie movies now, and I hope between them. We get to see some villain bat villains like uh, uh, Professor Pig or Clayface. Professor Pig, yeah, Professor Pig, yeah. I'm a I'm a big fan of that character in particular. Uh, the Court of Owls, I think, would be a good fit for what uh, Matt Reeves is doing over at the Batman. Um, and I'd like to see a good a- adaptation of Robin. I'm a big uh, Dick Grayson Robin fan, and and I don't and I think every everybody's too. Like, oh, it's going to be lame. It's like, I actually don't think it would be. I don't think it would be. And, and I think it'd be an interesting story. But we'll see. Robin household name? 
I think Robin's a household name. I don't know that like Dick Grayson's a household name, but like Robin, Batman sidekick Robin is people would, they wouldn't necessarily be able to tell you, like you were just saying, they wouldn't be able to tell you like, well, there's been four to five Robins in the comics and these are the ones that here, that you wouldn't get. Robin, oh yeah, Robin. Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's a good, I think there's a really good story in there about, uh, about and a modern way of doing it. Um, uh, because, and, I, and sorry, I'm on a tangent now, but the big complaint I always hear when I bring up Robin is like, oh, Batman bringing a kid to fight crime. But it means different. Like, yeah, if you're talking in the 40s when it was a 13-year-old, 12 to 13-year-old, that's weird, right? That doesn't work in a modern story. But think about this. I would say uh, Blue Beetle positioned Jaime Reyes as kind of like a kid superhero, but he's established as, as like 18 in that movie. Like he's, or maybe even older. He's in college. He's a young adult. So I don't think it's unreasonable to have a 30 plus year old Batman with an eight, an, a, a legally adult sidekick, like an 18 year old, like have, have your Robin because our understanding of what young means, you know what I mean? You don't need to be 13 to be like a kid for like Roxy and I to consider you a kid. Yeah. Well, but, but he becomes an adult. He says the magic word and he has an adult body when he's fighting crime. Body. <laughs> I mean, not. He's still kid, no, like no. kid, kid. Yeah, 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 but yeah, but he's not being recruited by like a adult billionaire to, you know. What about Spider Man then? Again, but again, it's different. It's different when I'm just saying that's the pushback you get on Robin. I'm saying you could make Robin 18; it would still work. And Batman's older, whatever. Do a good Robin story. Yeah, anyway. but it's also like Robin's going to do it with or without him situation mm-hmm. better. Better off with him. I I don't disagree. I want the again. I want I want the Robin. I want a good Robin story. A mo- good Robin. Robin. Mo- wow. Good modern Robin story. We got there. All right, everybody. We've been pushing it off long enough, or I've been trying to. Here's what you've been waiting for, kids. We're going to talk about Argyle coming out uh, as of this recording this week, written or directed by Matthew Vaughn, written by Jason Fuchs, a reclusive author who writes espionage novels about secret a-, a secret agent and a global spy syndicate realizes the plot of the new book she's writing starts to mirror real world events in real time. This, of course, is starring Henry Cavill, Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, Brian Cranston, Dua Lipa, Ariana DeBose, John Cena. Right now on Rotten Tomatoes, that is a 36% tomato score. No audience score as audience scores of this recording. Ar- Argyle gets some mileage out of its silly, energetic spin on, spy- on the spy thriller, but ultimately wears out its welcome with a convoluted plot and overlong run time. Roxy, spoiler-free thoughts. What did you think about Argyle? I don't even want to go first on this one, DJ, because I am so highly concerned about what you think about this. But I think you and I have similar opinions. To keep it very brief, this didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. That's a you know that's a very uh, polite way of phrasing it. I feel like if I if I were to say this didn't work for me, that's me being generous. Everybody, <laughs> that's me being generous to this movie. Yeah, did not work for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. It uh, was. TJ, it was very, um, first of all, I would say this was an hour, it was two hours, 19 minutes, and it was 
one hour too long. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I genuinely mean that. It was not 15, 20 minutes too long. It felt an hour too long. Like if this had been a 90 minute movie, if we shaved an hour off this movie yeah. and made some drastic changes. Yes. This could have worked. Premise wise, there was some cool stuff going on that we set up at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was into discovering what some of the things meant. Like we open up with a premise that I'm like, okay, we've kind of seen things like this before, but I'm curious. And I like Bryce Dallas Howard and she is an author. Yeah. And where do we go from here? Cool. Yeah. Um, It didn't deliver on the premise that it promised. Mm -hmm. And also wasn't fun and that's a big problem for this movie you asked the top like it was, can you spoil this movie and i would say like yeah because it really banks hard like it's marketed about its big twist about who the real argyle is and there's a lot of twists and so it's like and and i do think if we were to unpack the twists i actually don't think this movie makes any sense like i don't understand Yeah. I, oh, okay. Okay. Maybe that works. All right. Sorry. I'm, I'm just, because I just, I watch your brain for you. Yeah. I just, I cause I was trying to think about, I was trying to think about a certain, like, cause just this, the, what kicks off the events of this movie. Um, yeah, I didn't like this. I, in fact, I thought it was quite bad. Um, um, I, and, um, the Matthew Vaughn's previous film, the King's man, I also thought was exceptionally bad, um, and just kind of ill conceived. um, and I want them. I want somebody to stop, stop him, stop this, stop. Have him. I don't know. Go back to Layer Cake. Go back to Kick Ass. Uh, go back to the first Kingsman. Although I never liked that movie as much as everybody else seemed to. Um, uh, I do something else. Do a different thing. Um, because like this movie, you know, the big thing is. Like, who's the real Argyle? And I would argue, pretty much from the first scene, the movie's screaming at you. Like, a character spells it out like, hey, wouldn't it be crazy if this was the case? And she's like, yeah, that'd be crazy. And it's like, wait, did you just tell me? Did you just tell me the reveal of this movie? (laughs) Did you just tell me? And it turns out they did. They did just tell you. (laughs) Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, obviously. Because the second that comes up, and I'm I'm trying not to spoil it, but the second it comes up, I'm like, wait, is that... and and this and it's not the first time in the movie that it's like do you is that do you want me to know that because then you later you treat it like it's a reveal, but I felt like you were telling me off the bat like by the way this is what's coming. <laughs> I think they wanted you to think she knew that. Okay. And the reveal is, I I don't know how much I can say. Yeah. So let's let's answer some. Because I I want to I want to get out of the weeds here. I didn't have a chance to look at these questions ahead of time, but I did ask you guys last night on the Discord if you could send us some questions. Leonard Kim says people seem to be quite unpleased to put it lightly with Argyle. What do you think were some of the big reasons why the movie didn't work for a ton of people? The reasons it didn't work for us, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree with Roxy in that um, it's not. What about this, Roxy? Do you think this works for people? 
Honestly, that worked for me. Yeah. I mean, they Dua Lipa is in a lot of the advertising for the movie for somebody that does not have a lot of screen time. Um, I, no, again, no spoilers, but I said to my friend, I think she's in four minutes of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, she's barely in there. Um, yeah, I think I think to echo some Rocky, Roxy's point points, I think that it's funny because they talk about this like a fun spin on the spy movie. It actually feels more like an experimentation with what the rom the rom com genre or like the adventure like what was that um Sandra Bullock Channing Tatum movie Lost Kingdom or something like that I didn't see it did you not see it no mm. yeah because I think would I it? what would I have liked it uh probably your lover of love and shipper of ships and Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum are charming um, but it feels like, you know, studios are afraid to do standard rom-coms. Although I think I heard, what's the new Sydney Sweeney one? Anyone but you. Hasn't it become Loki a sleeper hit? Like it's, it never had like a huge box office, but it's doing consistently well. I think, I think it's doing all right. Uh, so the point is, I don't know that they should be afraid as, as of rom-coms as they are. So instead of doing traditional rom-coms, it has to be some sort of action adventure premise. And I, and I feel like that's what this is aiming for. I would argue it does not achieve it. Um, and I, I, it, I'm going to be honest with you, Roxy, and it's a little tough to say because I've had a very challenging week. I've been very busy, um, with the campaign and everything, but this was one of those movies. And I don't know if you've had this experience where you're sitting down and you feel like a movie's trolling you. Like it yeah. feels like, like I, I felt like I was losing my mind. I was like, it felt, yeah. it felt like the filmmakers went out of their way to make this an excruciating experience. Basically be say like, look at, look at how, what kind of stinkers we are. Let's see what we can get away with. How bad can we make a movie and people will still show up? That's, that yeah. was the feeling. I was like, are you making fun of me for being here? Like what, what's happening right now? Well, so DJ, did you think that they didn't think this was good? Because um, I got the opposite sense of that. I I felt that they thought that they had like Baby Driver on their hands. I I think I think um, I think you're right. But I, I think where my brain went was this movie banked so hard in them coming across like they thought it was good, but I couldn't conceive people thinking that. You know what I mean? That it me it, that's what was making me feel crazy. Like no, there's no way. That from the director to the writer to the studio to the actors, that you all thought this was good. I can't conceive of that. <laughs> Are you seeing like Hen- what Henry Cavill's saying about the movie, though? No. What's he saying? People are asking if there's going to be an Argyle 2, and he's like, it's just like as long as the audience likes what we did. <laughs> and it sounds like he likes what they did. Yeah. Which is also wild because he's barely in the movie too. Yeah. Um, and that th- I think that they all, and somebody else said this, I think it was Christian, like they, or maybe you said it on Big Thing, they were clearly having a really good time. The Christian said like, it. I, I think these actors yeah. really liked this movie. I think Matthew Vaughn really liked this movie. I yeah. think that filming it was probably fun. I think when they watched it, it was probably watching a bunch of your buddies do, and it was like popcorn, fun action movie. So, I didn't feel like they were playing with me only in the sense that I got the sense that they thought that this was great. I thought, I think they thought this was great. Yeah. That's bad because it just, yeah, that's crazy to me. Uh, I think you're right. Um, um, I, I said my big takeaways were that I think 
Sam Rockwell was a surprisingly capable action actor. I don't particularly think of him like he's been action in action movies like Iron Man two, but he is not the the he's not the lead in those action scenes. And he was here, and obviously, he's you know, excellent, yeah, excellent he, DJ. Excellent. I would argue he's the only one that comes out of this unscathed, relatively unscathed. You know, everybody well, else, I kind of felt, huh? More than unscathed, he comes out looking good. I think you yeah. don't think that like this movie look at him in a different light and was like. Oh, okay, cool. I could see him taking more roles like this. Totally. Like yeah, that's it. a good way of phrasing it. I, I think everybody else I'm, I'm slightly embarrassed for. Um, and my other takeaway is that, and this has been a takeaway for a while, it's not specifically for this movie. I think in general, Hollywood is underutilizing Henry Cavill. I think Henry Cavill has more tools at his disposal than Hollywood is letting him play with. Like, I think he could be, if you did, if you did um, any, anyone but you style rom-com, like a traditional rom-com, I actually think he'd be a pretty good lead in that. I don't think he needs to necessarily be serious punchy punchy guy. I think I think I think there's more like I think if you see him uh do interviews and stuff like he's very charming. Um it's like that one moment at the end of Black Adam where Superman they let him smile and I'm like he could do it everybody. We just haven't been letting him do it. He could do it. And I in similar there's moments in this I'm like we need to let Henry Cavill do more. I'm I agree with you in some ways. But DJ, I don't in other ways because he's so big. <laughs> so you I'm think just logistically? Uh, just to me, is it is he wrong? Is he anyone but you level, or is he the rock? Okay, I hear what you're saying. Here's my and, and I think that's a valid point. But think about Chris Evans and Knives Out. You just put a big sweater on that boy. And suddenly, his body type feels a little bit more normal. It's not just his body, though. Henry Cavill, to me, seems massive. Like, height, just massive. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I could be wrong. He looked, to me, like him and John Cena looked the same. Mm -hmm. in terms. Of, yeah. But which brings me to a question I have for you. Like, what? Was John Cena doing in this movie? Um, to mm, can I answer that? In, in what way, plot wise, or just in general? Like, why did he sign on? Because that's it for every actor. In this, why did you sign on to this? Yeah, but I actually kind of was thinking about it, and I was like, okay, if this was John Cena pre Peacemaker, pre um, Train Wreck, yeah, pre you know, like getting his foot in the acting door yeah um but like how many lines would you say john cena had in this i i, I hear you but i'm going to answer your question with a question what is ariana debose doing in this movie yeah but she has a big scene in the sense that a, a sport a reveal kind of yeah like okay. i'm not saying i'm not saying she should be in this movie. Yeah. I mean, even more so than John Cena. Ariana DeBose is obviously like a award caliber yeah. actor. Yeah. Um, but like, I get maybe like, oh, okay, on paper, maybe read that and was like, oh, big moment. Yeah. What is John Cena's role in this? Yeah, I, I, I totally get your question. I'll say this, and I'm trying to keep it spoiler free, and I think you'll know the context of, of what I'm saying. I think Henry Cavill and John Cena should have kissed. I think they should have kissed. 
I hear you. You get, you get, you you know, because once we find out what certain things represent certain people, that sort of thing, I think they should have kissed. Come on. DJ, unrelated to this, but just as a side note for a second, did you see the movie Freaky? No. Have you heard Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's the, that's the Freaky Friday slasher from the guy that did um, Happy Death Day? Yes. It's great. Yes. It's great. So good. Yeah, that guy, that's the same okay. guy. The guy that directed that was supposed to direct the new Scream, and I'm bummed that all fell apart. Um, I'm just thinking of a specific Vince Vaughn kiss in that that uh, really <laughs> was like, but just, yeah. it is fun when you see big actors kiss. Yeah. So I'm I just, wouldn't have hated that. Hey, listen, I'm just saying. Um, uh, Clementine says, who's the real Argyle? Please tell me. I'm not going to see this thing. Is it the cat? It's the cat, isn't it? I'm not going to tell you, Clementine. Although I will tell you, it's not, I, if, See when it's streaming, it's an Apple uh, Plus thing. It'll be on Apple Plus. Within the first 10 minutes, you'll be like, oh, it's this character. Okay. Um, um, Jake Hefner, do you think this movie will satiate the folks who've been wanting Henry Cavill to be cast as James Bond? No. <laughs> is, it, no. is it because he gets... Dude, even that first scene. Here's another thing. Here's another thing we talked a little bit about on, on the big thing or whatever. I, the, the entire the entire movie's confused. Like, there's an action scene with, um, um, uh, well, I literally we just talked about him, and it just flew out of my brain. Uh, Justin Don't Hammer. Um, um, uh, no, uh, Justin Hammer. Um, fucking the main guy in this. Uh, I have in front of me. What am I doing? Um, fuck Sam Rockwell. Um, Justin Hammer. He was the villain in Iron Man Two. He pl- just. Sam oh, Rockwell oh, played oh, Justin oh, Hammer oh, oh. In, in Iron Man 2. There's oh, a scene, oh. there's a scene, and I I hate I hate POV stuff. Specifically when you put in the blinks, it's a pet peeve of mine. I don't like it as a filming technique, and this movie relies on that a lot where we see stuff from Bryce Dallas Howard's perspective. I blink. Fucking it. hate it. It's a pet peeve. I I hate that it's shit. It's so distracting. It was yeah. so distracting. It's like all of a sudden I'm her eyeballs. Yeah, and um and there's a scene, um, one of Henry Cavill's few big action scenes cutting between him and Sam Rockwell, and it just messes up the momentum of the scene. It's just not and it doesn't it doesn't narratively doesn't serve a function here as I can tell. Um but um uh I don't even remember. I got off on my own other tangent, but yeah, it's not the, the, the movie's perspective is messed up uh, in that. Like I used it for an example, last action hero, um, which is a movie I love a lot. And in that movie, a kid gets a golden ticket to be transported into his favorite action movie franchise. And what they do in the movie, it's an all sorts of anger vehicle. What they do in the movie is when you're in the real world, um, it's pretty much, it's heightened because it's still an action movie, but it's your standard action movie heightened. So that when you go in the movie, it's like insane. It's like Looney Tunes level because you're in a movie within a movie. Um, this one does the opposite. It opens in this book format and it's probably one of the most pedestrian, boring spy thriller sequences I've seen in a movie in a long time. And it eventually builds to bonkers, crazy stuff, but that's happening in the real world. We live in a, we we're operating in reality where we'll go into a book reality, which should theoretically be even more heightened than the real reality, and somehow it's just, it's just boring. That's just all the book stuff is just boring, and all the crazy stuffs in the real world it's just confused. Like at every level, it's just a confused movie. I feel like. Did you like the twist? Uh, how do I say that? Did you like the twist on? 
no, can't ask it without giving spoilers. We'll do light spoilers at the end because there's again, I want to talk about the post credit <laughs> scene. Uh, let's see, we got. Um, uh, what was the question that Jake had just asked? Was it? Do you, did you you answer? Do you think this movie will satiate the folks who've been wanting Henry Cavill to be cast as James Bond? Oh yeah, the reason I think no is because DJ said he didn't think this. I do think this. I thought he was super goofy in this movie. Uh, yeah, he's goofy. He could have been goofier. I think that would have been good. And also, as you pointed Goofier out, he would have been better. Yeah, he's barely in the movie. Yeah. So it's like, I think the closer, I mean, a better example of that would be something like I, he got more to do in the Mission Impossible movies in and um, Man from yeah. Uncle. I think, Man, for, yeah. if you want to see, like, what would Henry Cavill be like as James Bond, watch Man from Uncle. Um, Hema says, not quite a question, but the trailer didn't do it for me. I feel that with the cast like that, I would be more interested in watching the movie. Also, the whole who wrote the book mystery in TikTok doesn't make me want to watch the movie. And this leads me to a, a broader question, Roxy, because this movie's the, the marketing is very based around the twists. And there's a lot of twi- too many twists in this movie in that they j- it pads out the runtime and then it, it revisits. I think we have a character have a heel turn reveal, the, literally the same reveal like twice within the last 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, do, do you think Hollywood, do you think they relied on that because they kind of knew we kind of have a stinker here? And if we don't like banking on something like the twist, people aren't going to go see it. Or do you think Hollywood's too reliant on gimmicks like twists? Like with the, the whole, last the, the last the one? Yeah, the second yeah. one, the latter. Yeah. I think that this is like, I think they thought this was like an M night moment. Mm. And, mm. And like, By golly, we've got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which I actually appreciate more than if they knew it was a stinker and we're feeding it to us anyway. Yeah. That's why I actually feel bad talking crap about this movie because sometimes I do feel like Hollywood knows the director knows everybody knows they didn't make a good movie and they're just trying to make money off of it. Yeah. I think that they put their passion into this and thought this was good. And they were like, and what if then this thing, and then this thing again, and then this thing a little differently, but still the same twist. Yeah. Still a little differently and really felt that in their souls. Um, So that is, that is what I think, DJ. Yeah, because I think good twists work. But I also think specifically, I know when I saw Sixth Sense for the first time, I already knew the twist. When I saw Fight Club for the oh, first for time. Real? Yeah, when I saw Fight Club for the first time, I already knew the twist. Wait, when DJ, I, DJ, 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 DJ. How old were you when you saw Sixth Sense? Uh, I didn't see it in theaters. Um, uh, so like, and even though Sixth Sense is lighter fare, grew up in a Christian household, horror movies were like a no... Uh, that was something I had to find on my own time kind of a thing. Did um, you know the twist as in it didn't make you like the movie as much? Or well, you here's, knew the twist? here's what I'm going to say. So like um, Sixth Sense, Fight Club, Old Boy. I knew the twist on all three of those movies before I saw I didn't them. see Old Boy. Don't ruin that. Man. I'm not going to ruin it for you. It didn't. I still really enjoyed those movies because while the twist was the twist was effective and I'm sure in that moment was like, oh my God, the movies still work knowing them. The movies still work as movies. Um, uh, whereas mm-hmm. something like, and I might get some pushback from this, like the twist in something <laughs> like, bless you, um, the twist in something like, what? I did hear that. I muted. Are you are you coming through the right mic? You might, be, you, you might be coming. Yeah, but not like, it sounds distant. You might be coming through the computer mic. <laughs> oh my God. You don't sound bad. You don't sound bad. 
But um, but Who's this now? Oh yeah, different. It's better. <laughs> DJ. I'll know. I'll know now. I'll know. I'll pay attention to the difference. Um, I'm muted, and you said bless you, and I was like, that was really kind. He saw. Yeah. He saw me go to my arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the point point being that like I think twists are good, and I, and I and I appreciate people trying to preserve surprises and stuff like that. But I do think with like spoiler culture and online and everything, people have become very focused on like it, there's got to be some sort of twist and surprise. And like I don't know that that's true. You just need to tell a good story. You know, you used M Night as an example. I, maybe I'm remembering wrong. Cabin in the not Cabin in the Woods. What is it? Uh, knock Knock at the Cabin doesn't have really a twist. It's, it says, here's the stakes, and then it commits to those stakes, and that's and you just watch it unfold. There's not like a aha surprise at the end, you know? Um, um, so I think, there, I think there was, I think the way they said it was that the ending was different than the book, which is the twist in the movie. Oh, sure. But, you know, like that. Not, yeah. and again, this isn't me being anti-twist. I just think this movie... Uh, has too many of them, and I don't think it helps the movie. I don't think it helps the story that they're telling. Yeah, that's such a bummer. Yeah. It's such a bummer. Uh, a little behind-the-scenes details for you guys. So, DJ, I don't know if you feel the same way. Perhaps you don't. But when we went to see Cats <laughs> years ago, mm-hmm. um, the way that these press screenings work, the critic screenings, yeah. is, to me... <laughs> The more they give you, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, the worse you know the movie is. So for the critics, when we go to the movies, the tickets are always free. The parking is usually free, um, although not all the time. No, yeah. but that's that's how that works. Mm-hmm. Then some of them give you popcorn. Some give you popcorn and a drink. Yeah. Some give you popcorn and a drink and a drink ticket for an alcoholic beverage. Some give you so they're different levels. Yeah. And I would say, just a little anecdote, I would say Disney probably does the best with this, which I do actually think helps them because typically Disney's the easiest to work with and the screen, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 So for Cats, for example, though, um, Cats was open bar, oh, which is geez. the first time I've ever seen a press screening do that. That's genius, uh, though. They- That's brilliant. <laughs> They gave us cat ears. Mm-hmm. They, uh, it was open bar. There was like all these goodies. You got candy, a drink, and popcorn. So going in, you would know as a critic, oh my God, this movie's probably going to suck. Yeah. They're trying to butter us up and liquor us up. So there is, to me, no joke, a direct correlation mm-hmm. between what they give the critics and how the movie's going to be. Yeah, I actually saw thought this movie, Argyle, was going to be good. We got to the theater and they were giving out merch. Yeah. Shirts for everybody, playing cards, popcorn, drink tickets. And I turned to my friend um, who is not as familiar with the critic screenings. And I said, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. And he said, "Uh uh-oh, what? And I was like, I think we have a stinker on our hands. And I think the marketing department knows it. Yep. Not to mention that the embargo wasn't up until the day before the release of this movie, yeah, which is never a good sign either. Um, so yeah, I just going into this the week before, uh, people seemed like they were excited about this movie. I thought this was maybe going to be the first like big talked about movie of the year, yep. and then we got there, and I was like, I'm concerned. Yeah. Also, I I, I think that's 100 true. I will say the only um, 
the other version of that on the other end of the spectrum was something like Morbius where like our screening is at 6 a.m. the day or no, it was like 9 a.m. Like you're going to have to go through rush hour traffic the day before it releases. And it's like, all right, yeah. <laughs> message yeah. received. Yeah, they yeah. They're like, we just hope you actually don't go. Yeah. Please don't review this movie. Um, no, I think you're right. Cause I can definitely think of a few movies where it's like, yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple t-shirts for movies that blew that fucking suck. Um, okay, so that's that. Spoilers. Here comes spoilers. If you don't want to be spoiled for this movie, I don't think you should care. But if you don't care, I do want to talk briefly about the end of the movie. So, Clementine, here's your moment. Here's where you're going to find out. So, the big reveal. Oh, my God. Who's the real Argyle? It is. Drum roll, please. Spoilers. It is Bryce Dallas Howard, the actual author of the book. Which, again, at the beginning of her signing, a character that we later find out is a villain that works for the bad guys says, hey, a lot of famous spy authors actually turned out to be spies. Wouldn't that be crazy if you were a spy? And she's like, yeah, that would be crazy. And what I think is crazy is that you, if your big thing is that reveal, why would you say that? Why would you telegraph it in your first scene? <laughs> because DJ, I'm telling you, they thought their reveal wasn't, they, they knew that we would know it was her, but they thought we thought she knew it was her too. Sure. Uh, uh, I'm not. I'm not yeah. justifying this. I'm not saying that worked. I think that's what they thought. Cool. They were like the the twist, the reveal isn't that she's the spy. The reveal is that she doesn't know she's Argyle. Gotcha. Okay. So we find out that the Argyle stories are based off her actual adventures. Her real name is uh, Agent R. Initial R. Kyle. That's where the name. That's the movie tells us. That is where the name comes from. So at the end of the movie, adventure's over. She's at another book signing. Book ends. Oh, my God. And lo and behold, who's in the audience? But a Mr. Henry Cavill with a really stupid mullet. Uh, they love giving. I do like this instinct. Let's give Henry Cavill stupid hair. I'm not against it. But they give him this mullet. And he's like, I don't have a question for your signing. But maybe. And he's like a southern accent or something. It's confusing. He's like, but maybe you have a question for me. And I'm like. I don't, you could just be a dude. What am I supposed to assume? What am I in the audience supposed to assume this means? I had zero idea what was happening there. This isn't what I thought you were going to bring up. I thought you were going to bring up the credits. Wait, thing. I have to bring this up okay. to bring the, the credits up. Yeah. So, but when that happened, I was like, what? Yeah. What? Because that could just be a cute, hey, look, it's a guy that looks like that. That could be what that is, but we're supposed to like, that's supposed to be like an aha or something. I didn't know if... Like she's still seeing things. Good point. That is a perfectly reasonable read that I guess the movie doesn't want you to think. Uh, it was just super. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea what that was supposed to actually mean. Okay. So no, my instinct when this movie ends, like I want to get the fuck out of here, but also I don't like being in crowds. So I wanted to let everybody else kind of filter out before I left. And I guess thankfully I did. Cause there's a post credit scene. Well, open on a pub. The Kingsman Pub, which I don't – is that where they get their name? I thought it was like a – whatever. It doesn't matter. And a kid with the same stupid mullet as Henry Cavill in the end shows up at this pub. And he's like, hey, I want a, some this drink with a twist. And the guy's like, we're not going to give you that drink. You're underage. And he's like, well, then just the twist. And the twist is a gun. And the guy's like, what's your name? And he's like, something, something, Argyle. So I guess what we're supposed to understand is even though the movie tells us that her, the name Argyle comes from her name, which is a, which is our initial R. Kyle. There actually is an agent Argyle 
who is played by Henry Cavill, who is not just, this is a connected universe, is a Kingsman agent. And then this movie has the audacity, the raw audacity to say, coming soon, Argyle, book one, which fuck right off. Because one, you think this movie's good enough to deserve a franchise? Fuck you. Two, is it set in the book universe or this real Argyle's life? Uh, point three, book one. This is the first Argyle movie. How can your second Argyle movie be Argyle book one? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> is your interpretation... the? You think that they were saying that the there's a real life Argyle that's played by Henry Cavill? Because that guy at the bar wasn't Henry Cavill. It was younger because it was set in the past and he had the same mullet and the same earrings and the same everything. And he said his name oh, was Argyle. He said... I knew- yeah, he said his name was Argyle. Yeah, he looked nothing like Henry Cavill. That was I, confusing. I'm, I'm, I am assuming what we're supposed to understand is that that is the beginning of the backstory of the character we see at the end of the movie because he's got the same stupid mullet and the same stupid earrings. I didn't get that. Yeah, because <laughs> it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like it doesn't make that's the fucking it's fucking asinine. That's a stupid fucking tease. Yeah, but again, just further. Con- Further proving this movie, these creators thought they had something really good on their hands. And the other, and and now, now to my confusion, as I say it, I assumed when they said "coming soon, Argyle Book One," I assumed that was another movie. Maybe it's a, maybe it is a book. Maybe it's like you guys are going to love this movie so much, you're actually going to want to read the Argyle books. And I'm like, fuck no, we're not. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Why would it be a book? I've never seen a movie do that. I don't know, but you know what, Roxy? This movie uh, surprised me in all the wrong ways in so many levels. Okay. But but is it wait? What's more confusing? Them doing a spinoff book that actually is the Argyle book that's in this movie, or? Having a sequel to this movie that's called Argyle Book One, but follows Henry Cavill. What's which one of those is more confusing? I don't think that the second one's even like this movie's gonna bomb. I think DJ. I, yeah, I doesn't considering it's an Apple thing. Does that matter in the streaming world? How many? How much trash has Netflix shoveled out? So this is going direct to Apple, not going to theaters. It is. It is going to theaters. It is going to theaters. But I'm just saying, like, in the streaming world, maybe it'll be success on Apple, so it doesn't even matter. Maybe people have this on while they're doing the laundry, and it'll be deemed a success. I agree, though. I My assumption is that there's no way, there's no way this gets a sequel. I'm just saying, we live in a topsy-turvy bonkers world. Yeah, I, I don't know, like... Could this become a cult classic of some sort? No, it shouldn't. We need to ban. We no. I, I actually don't think I should be allowed to make movies if this movie does well. I, that's what I'm saying. This is the type. This is this is the type of movie that gives you that makes you have existential thoughts like that. Like, wait, do I even want to make movies? If it, is it, if this is what we're doing, do I even want to play anymore? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say, DJ. I. I I actually, I want people to really know this going into if they're going to go see this movie. Yeah. I really tried to like this movie for a full hour. (laughs) Like, you know, when you're having that internal dialogue while you're watching a movie and you're like, no, it's okay, Roxy. Yeah. No, this is going to be all right. This is going to work out. It's okay, Rox. Like, this is fine. No, no. Like, there's good actors. Um, you know, it's Matthew Vaughn, like they're going to stick the land. Just keep stick with it, babe. Just yeah. stick with, I legitimately am talking myself through liking mm-hmm. the movie for one 
hour of it. And then after that, I was like, I can't talk myself into this. I don't like this. Yeah. I actually don't like this. So there's no rationalizing. Uh, I, I don't like it. <laughs> and I do think there's merit to that. Cause I remember having a similar experience. I went to, when I was at SourceFed, I went to a screening of Noah, Darren Aronofsky's Noah. And I just come I off of, I actually really like it. But, but here's the thing. I like Darren Aronofsky. Even the movies that like people like are more divisive. I like I like the fountain. I like the whale. I like Noah. I, I Darren Aronofsky. And I, I like. I vibe with the guy. Like I think he makes movies I like. Um, but I just come off a shoot and I was severely sunburned to the point where I was like, I was like, I, I was shaking and it was just like, and I probably shouldn't have gone to the movie. And that movie's op- that movie opens with some real batshit stuff like rock angels and shit. And, and it was one of those like, wait, am I crazy? Is this? I had to go to. I, I leaned over to Monica. She was with me. I was like, is this really happening? And then about 30 minutes to an hour in, it lands on its thesis on what the movie's trying to do. And I was like, oh, actually, I'm way into this. So there is merit to like, sometimes if you hold out, if if you're like, wow, this movie's really throwing me off from what I expected. Sometimes if you hold out, like, here's what we're doing, everybody. You're like, oh, cool. I'm down with that. Let's do this. Yeah, stick with it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stick with it. I'm looking right now on Rotten Tomatoes, DJ. So this is a 34% on the tomato meter, which I think both you and I unfortunately think is justified. Yes. There's no audience score yet? There's still uh, not one? What's up with that? That's weird, right? I mean, it came out y- yet, right? Like, yeah, when I pulled it yesterday, there wasn't one. I was like, I guess it's not out yet. But normally, audience scores start filtering in pretty quickly. Like, I feel like there's actually something to that. <laughs> yeah. Let's look into it. Let's Breaking story. All right, everybody. I think that's enough on Argyle. Listen, if you want to us to make movies <laughs> that, that you know that i think you'll really like go to gunplaymovie.com back this movie as we said at the top uh is this movie's not happening without you backing it so um if you're excited about roxy and i making movies with steve zaragoza whitney moore brie esrig um there's there uh i would say there's twists and turns but in the stuff that the story unfolds there's stuff you discover about the characters as characters grow and change you know storytelling um uh, i think you'll really like it um, uh, check out what we're doing over there. Gunplaymovie.com. There'll be DJ. links in the description. Yeah. Imagine if this is a, as I'm going in my head. Imagine if you had 10% of the budget of uh, Argo for this movie. Yeah, I could probably imagine make five movies. You had, <laughs> imagine if you had 1% yeah. of the budget. Like, I just so, I'm so grateful to the fans because we need them in order to make good movies still, because clearly the studio, we can't, they can't be trusted. It's too, the budget for Argyle is $200 million. $200 million. I just need, I need less than what, what would 1% of that be? <laughs> would, that, that would be $2 million, right? I need less than that. I need less. I need less than 1%. I'm just saying, imagine if you had $2 million for this movie. Oh my God. 200 million that's insane yeah. oh my god i need yeah i need like i need like a percent of a percent of that anyway whatever that's gunplaymovie.com and if you had 200,000 for the movie if, like listen if one of you knows an apple execs that wants to throw some couch a change my way <laughs> please and thank you there is an opportunity if you've always wanted your uh name on imdb uh, if you want to, if you've had dreams of being a big shot Hollywood producer, but you don't know how to do it, hey, listen, 
whether we got tiers where you can be a producer on this movie, get your name on IMDb, get your name on the credits of the movie, get your name on the poster, and uh, you get to do a, be a part of a special online screening uh, and Q&A of the movie. Anyway, gunplaymovie.com. Roxy, what else you got? Just doing that. <laughs> Gunplay movie everywhere at Roxy Stryer, um, but really focused on that because I want it. I want to be in it so bad. Thank and you. I want to support DJ. And I want to be selfish. Yeah, just be selfish. Listen, <laughs> I support all of you at home being selfish because I think you're really going to like this movie. So be selfish and back my movie. <laughs> be yeah. selfish. Made a whole video about helping people live their dream. It was a beautiful oh. video, by the way. It was great. I, it took me so long to edit, DJ. Yeah. You know how that works. Yeah. I thought I'd pull on people's heartstrings. Where are the people? Come. Come, everybody. Gunplaymovie.com. Come all. Yeah. We just want you to come. Um, you can find me at DJ Talks Trash. You can find the show everywhere that matters at Only Stupid Answers, but on Twitter slash X. I think that was from stupid. And we will see you all next time.